Chris, hello. This is the start of the podcast. This is the start of the podcast. I wanted to uh, greet you because we weren't together last week. I missed you. You didn't want to welcome everyone to high floor, low ceiling? Well, we still have to have... you're listening to now? Some sort of cold Oh, this is the preamble. This is the preamble. Yeah, we haven't even hit the theme song yet or anything. (laughs) Okay. This is going well. What do you think? How do you think this is going? I think this bodes very well for the future of this episode. Uh, No, I was just so overjoyed to be talking to you again. That's very kind of you to say. Um, Well, I I mean, I don't don't know what to talk about because I don't want to uh, spoil anything from the episode. Well, yeah, I, I think you were about to say that you were happy to be talking to me again but you stopped yourself just in time um, that's not true oh, oh it's not um, oh you are impossible am I? um how what what's what do we do in this section of the episode we've never done this before yeah we've never both spoken in the preamble we at some point have to have some sort of powerful ending sentence before we hit the theme music hard um can you think of anything? Um, hmm. Powerful sentence. Uh, what about the guy from the freaking staircase? Did you watch that show? I'm in the middle of the Netflix documentary. I haven't watched the Colin Firth series. Black guy got a freaking powerful sentence. Right. Oh, baby. And with that, <laughs> you're listening to High Floor, Low Ceiling. No, no. Hello, welcome. welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome to another episode of High Floor, Low Ceiling, the sports podcast you're listening to right now. Mm -hmm. Chris, did you listen to me trying to uh, do that in last week's episode where I tried to... did listen to we were talking about this before. I did listen to a segment of your segment, but I more <laughs> I kind of jumped to the middle just to hear what the uh, what the discussion was like. I did not hear any of your preamble um, oh. because I don't respect you. Well, that that much is obvious um, to anyone. Who's uh, been but listening. what but what an episode it was last week, Griffin. Uh, yes, our, our split EP, in my opinion, was a rousing success. I think so. I had a great time talking to Adam. I assume you enjoyed talking to your brother, David. Yes, Um, you have here uh, on our document, David-related topics. I do. I have a couple (laughs) David-related topics that I want to get into. The first thing was that David, when at the start of the segment, talked about how he had listened to a couple episodes, Mm -hmm. um, how he had, like enjoyed some of our conversations and i was like my heart was pounded chris i was like oh my god david's gonna talk about me what's david gonna say about me (laughs) he was being he said he'd like to tune in to hear what you got wrong which i was like ha good one david Uh, and then he was gonna say like united in your hatred of me yeah and then he was gonna say like oh griffin crushed it you know i think of david as a the brother i don't have any brothers so i view david as a brother not a single mention Chris, (laughs) Chris, <laughs> he listens to the podcast half on mute, apparently, only listens to you. So, David, I'm hurt. If you're listening to this episode, I'm hurt. Um, William Hurt. All right. Also, he mentioned that he 
this is this was not the podcast of yours that he wanted to be a guest on, uh, right. which I thought was rude. Well, uh, you, I think you agree with this though. Everyone loves and wants to be on Bevy of Bevy because well, it's the perfect podcast concept. Well, my next note is that if you have David on Bevy of Bevies before me, I will lose it. I will we... flip my lid. Chris, <laughs> now, I know that there are famously no guests on Bevy of Bevies. I don't even have a specific beverage in mind that I want to talk about or anything like that. I just mm-hmm. view my relationship with David and Cullen as a very complicated, like, we're wow. all brothers in a way, but I am competing with both of them at the same time to be your favorite co-host. You famously, <laughs> right. Chris, are the co-host of three different podcasts. You always tell me when I bring this up, you're like, Griffin, don't do this to yourself. David, I've known for many years. Cullen, I, 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 I gathered that you two have been friends for a long time, you and Cullen. Uh, not that long, but you know. <laughs> okay, well, still, you always say to me, Griffin, don't do this. You will. You're third out of three. You you say that I in, in say no, this. no uncertain terms. But I still, I can't help myself. I, I yes, want to rise. I see you uh, commenting on Cullen's Twitter. Uh, so Cullen and I have a Twitter bond. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. I hope you uh, enjoy yourself. And hey, maybe we might uh we might get the two of you together in some form or fashion. Maybe that's a tease for the future. Um, Griffin, oh, you also, you want to talk about the uh, Jeremy Grant trade, which we we broke the bomb on last week's episode. David gave his reaction. uh, And would you like to to chime in about that trade? Well, I just, I thought you two reacting to it was very funny. I, I really liked what David had to say, but I was just sitting there in the car listening to it and I wanted to riff. I wanted to riff real badly. So I'm going to put my riff in now. I was just going to say, how do you think, like, if you're a GM and you call, let's say you call the Pistons and you say, I want Jeremy Grant and the Pistons say, all right, like, give us whatever. I forget exactly what pick they got, but the consensus was that the Pistons did not get enough for Jeremy Grant. 2025 Milwaukee Bucks top four protected first round pick is what they got right so it'll probably be like 28th overall right so like if you're the trailblazers how do you react when they say this is what we want do you just say like because you can't like tip your hand too much and let them know that they're not asking for enough so like i just i had funny visions in my head when i was listening to the episode that i don't 100 percent have in my head now if like i, I know you gotta you play mean. it cool but yeah like just you, like you oh to, I, I don't know it's oh, like the it's money tough. ball scene right but I guess, oh, I guess, yeah, I guess I could give that up. Oh, if you I really, think what really you want what you say is, like, we'll call you back, and then just instantly hang up and start laughing. <laughs> um, like, I talk to my people. Uh, but, yeah, the I mean, you know, we're going to talk about NBA free agency in a short little bit, but I'm not sure what the Pistons are doing, because I think, you know, it seemed like... And maybe this is still a possibility, but it seemed like they were looking at DeAndre Ayton as a possible acquisition for them. But then you look at their roster, and they have like eight centers. Yeah, they've got a lot of bigs. They've got Isaiah Stewart, who I think was competent last year and as their big man. Just knocked my pop filter for you. That's classic. yeah, that's an HFLC special. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, can't get uh, that from any of your other co-hosts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Stewart, Bagley, Olinick. Oh, I forgot about Bagley. They drafted um, what's his name, Jalen Duran, and then right, they also but have not. He was not their main. Their main pick was Jaden Ivey, wasn't it? Yes, but they. But yes, they also Love acquired that pick for them. Uh, 
I, I like it as well. Uh, but they also got Jalen Dern, who is a center as well. And then they also had Luca Garza, who was pretty good for them last year. Like he contributed. Yeah. And so they have like, and so if you add Aiden to the mix, then that's what, like six, seven big men who all sort of could conceivably have a rotation spot. And it's like, well, if you're trading Jeremy Grant, then that makes sense. Like you're trying to open up spots in your big man rotation. You're, you know, you can kind of slot maybe slot Bagley in at the four and then Aiden at the five. And then you, your bench is Olenek and Stewart. That kind of makes sense. But then it's like you have Duran as well. So, yeah. Well, we'll see, Chris. I believe in just a few minutes you're going to preview for us where you think DeAndre Ayton is going to end up uh, next season. So we'll get into that momentarily. But before that, we should address the uh, major sports championship that was handed out since the last mm-hmm. time we had an episode. Uh, my continued picking of the Lightning, my doubling and tripling and quadrupling down, in the end, failed me. I'm afraid. It did fail you. Um, you know, I I hate to be right. It's a do you? It's a burden that I bear every single day of my life. <laughs> um, but Griffin, I'm sorry to say that my Colorado Avalanche are your Stanley Cup champions. And what is there to say? I mean, Kale McCarr has a Con Smythe Trophy. I mean, just that alone. If you think about like he's what 24 years old. And has a Norris Trophy and a Conn Smythe Trophy in the same year. I mean, it's what more could you ask for other yeah. than you getting your predictions right or whatever? But well, yeah, well, I was, I'm I 25 years old and I'm still haven't won either of those trophies, so uh, I'm, no, I'm beginning to worry. Colder. Yeah, did you see that one tweet that was uh, about how young all of the major award winners in the NHL was and? It was like a cool tweet, and it was true. But then one of the awards that they included was the Calder. They were like, "21-year-old won the Calder," and everyone was like, "Well, well, yeah." Well, the alternative was, was like eighty-four-year-old Michael year old. Bunting. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then of course Patrice Bergeron, famously youthful, the Bergie. Um But yeah, I mean, it was a great series. Uh, it was a great last game. I think that uh, Gabriel Landeskog when he blocks the shot with his skate and then Nathan McKinnon pushed him out. I think that's going to be replayed a lot <laughs> in the ensuing months and years to come. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I not to spoil a segment that we'll be doing later Griffin, but would it surprise you if this, these were the teams in the cup final next year? No, not at all. I mean, obviously there's a long off season, coming the avalanche have a lot of a lot of unrestricted free agents on their roster but um i think that the core is still there the core is going to stay there these two teams seem well set up tampa i could see maybe a little bit of a hangover after three straight stanley cup finals and especially tough ones in the bubble and stuff like that but i certainly wouldn't be surprised if they were back so but yeah big shout out to the avalanche to stare the a, a looming dynasty in the face and shut it down. Like I didn't think that they had that in them clearly, and they did. So yeah, they who'd really, have thunk? I think that all the additions they made, like the older guys, and then I think uh, you know, I I think I talked a little bit about Devon Taves. You did our last or a couple of episodes ago, and I mean, what a great uh, what a great compliment to Kel McCarr he is in my mind. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm not even gonna 
worry about this right now. We're going to talk about this a little later uh, in a a segment we have coming up. It's time to move on to... I've titled this segment, Griffin, It's Free Real Estate Agency. Ah. And that's like a triple entendre. That it is. Because... Excellent. There's, of course, the famous Tim Heidecker. It's Free Real Estate. It is NBA Free Agency. And then it is also, we are playing... We are the real estate agency of Porter and House and Jan. Uh, that's a good one. That, 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 that rolls off the tongue well. We should think we so? should become realtors. I think Porter is a great, uh, you know, like a law firm or uh, any kind of name. Well, you have Porter Airlines, of course, but I think of course. that's just a. It really rolls off the tongue in terms of a business name. So, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, But we're going to talk a little bit of NBA free agency. By the time you hear this, it will be starting tonight at 6 o'clock. So hopefully you're listening to this on the morning that it comes out. Yeah, that's Uh, your incentive. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of things we already know, I think two days ago now, we heard that Kyrie Irving would be opting in. Just quickly. What a roller coaster. (laughs) Truly a roller coaster. But... Is there any chance that they just trade him before the season starts? Or do you think that this is, like, a sign of commitment for them towards each other? I mean, I feel like if you're Brooklyn, you'd probably like to trade him, but it's like, to who? Uh I mean, the Lakers probably can't afford him now that he's opted in, unless they can find some way to dump Westbrook, which seems unlikely. Uh, I can't think of any other team that was really heavily realistically rumored for him. So now that he's opted in, I get I guess the Nets will just say, "Well, I mean, it's better than trading him for some bad asset and a bad contract and so let's give it another shot with Simmons and Durant." Yeah, and I mean like we said this literally all year last year, but they do have the roster to compete hypothetically like Of course. It's not like they're not like the Lakers even where it's like you have the two guys and then like a bunch of really bad people around them. It's like, oh, they didn't have Joe Harris last year, who's like a really good wing guy. They have Seth Curry. Yeah. They have, you know, if they bring back Nick Claxton, I really like him as a piece, but they, they're in an interesting position, certainly. Um, oh, sorry, Chris, just before we move on from the Nets, I just wanted to address quickly last week or the other day when we thought that there was a chance that Kevin Durant might be traded as a Mm. side effect of all of this. Uh, Zach Lowe on the low post said that um, he didn't like, this was just him speculating. This wasn't based on anything, but he said if the uh, Nets first call should be the, to the Raptors for Scotty Barnes and Raptors Twitter lost, like freaked out. They're like, we would never in a million years trade Scotty Burns for Kevin Durant and to which my response was are you insane like I I love Scotty Burns let me get that out of the way we're talking seven eight time all-star in his future probably like a great great player but a rookie and on the other side we're talking about four years four guaranteed years of Kevin freaking Durant like that is that move elevates you to the top of championship contention adding Kevin Durant to Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. and all that. Like, I was blown away that people... I get that Raptors Twitter and Raptors fans in general love their players, and they love Scotty, of course. But this is Kevin Durant we're talking about. I was blown away that it people weren't even willing to consider it. Like, wild to me. I was curious yeah. of your thoughts. 
I mean, well, the thing is, first of all, it is Kevin Durant, like, 34 to 37, age 37 seasons. Like, that is... Still. That is a mitigating factor. I think that now that I'm sort of thinking about what you're saying, I agree with you. The thing is... If, if they were a little closer, maybe, and maybe I'm underrating them a little bit, but my thought is sort of like, if they were a little closer to already being contenders, then I would be totally for it. Like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with mortgaging your future. But, like, you know, people are talking about possibly getting Bradley Beal or something like that. Like, I think that where I'm at right now is I would rather see the Raptors get younger than older. I had that's that. just me. I had that thought as well. I think that Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant are different levels yeah, of game exactly. changer. But then I thought, like, if you take out Scotty Barnes and add Kevin Durant to the Raptors last year, I think they beat the Sixers. I think Definitely. they then go on to beat the Heat. And then I think they get to the Eastern Conference Finals against Boston, and it gets not guaranteed. But I think for sure you're staring at an Eastern Conference Finals run with the chance at winning the championship. Like, Boston yeah. or Golden State, I think... Neither of those are for sure beating the Raptors with Kevin Durant. Like, yeah, I so. mean, if it's if it's Durant for Barnes straight up, then I think that you do have to go for it. But I think you know, probably for salary reasons, it ends up being Barnes and OG and Trent or something like mm, that. That's true. That's true. And then it makes the calculus a little more difficult. But I see, I definitely see what you're saying. I agree that Durant is like the kind of player where you do make that deal. And I think that you know, people are a little down on Durant right now. But I think like him on the Raptors is like it sort of mitigates the sort of drama and question marks and uncertainty around him because the Raptors have such a solid foundation, both in terms of their roster and their front office, that you can do that deal and have it work out. But, you know, I I certainly don't think it's not worth considering. (laughs) Fascinating. Well, I'm sorry. I was thinking of something else. Um I got signals crossed in my head. I do find your analysis fascinating. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I was prepping a remark for something later down on the dock. Um, um, but to go back to Kyrie briefly, I, I just think that I think that a common theme of our discussion is going to be, it seems like this season, not a lot of teams have cap space. It's not easy for teams to acquire players in this climate. And so I think what we'll probably see, even though you know we've we've sort of laid out some interesting scenarios uh, and possibilities of players moving teams, but it feels like we're most likely going to see most of the top line players just go back to their old teams. Yeah, I think that's looking likely as well. And I also wonder in markets like this when it's so easy for players to get out of teams it's like I wonder if teams are hesitant to give up big long contracts to free agents because in today's NBA like (laughs) guys move around so frequently and can get and like stars are so capable of holding their teams hostage that if I was an owner if I was a GM I would be very like I would really really want to make sure that a guy wants to be there but even then it can change so quickly yeah, like when we usually it used to be like when you're signing a max contract, you're paying for that certainty. Like, yeah, I'm giving you the most that any team can possibly give you. Therefore, like, it's not reasonable for you to expect to like leave this team basically because, like, you can't, it's not like you could be getting more money anywhere else. But now it's like 
it's a shock usually if a team sort of like runs out their contract with a star player and then like you know you have situations like Levine where he was being underpaid and so that sort of figures into the calculus as well and obviously they think they can re-sign him um but you know a lot of moving pieces that sort of amount to not much necessarily um did you Griffin quickly did you do you have any thoughts on Jalen Brunson to the Knicks on what seems to be a mildly exorbitant salary yeah this is the most Knicks thing in the book this is what the Knicks do they find a guy who has played well on a good team as the second fiddle and they give him a ton of money to try and become the first fiddle on their team which I guess you could argue Jalen Brunson will still be second fiddle to Julius Randle but I think that they're going to expect him if they're paying him twenty seven seven and a half twenty seven and a half million dollars a year. They're going to ex- expect him to be a superstar, and he hasn't shown that. I think that he will falter, and the Knicks will continue on their ever continuing <laughs> cycle of Nixdom. Yeah, and then also. The other thing that I didn't even mention here was that they traded Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel, who were both pretty useful rotation pieces for them last year, for nothing to clear space for this deal. Right. And so, like, if it's if you're signing Jalen Brunson to a four-year, hundred million dollar deal, I'm like, okay, that's like a slight overpay, but you're paying him to leave his team, which is always, you know, you're probably going to overpay a little bit in that regard. And like, twenty to twenty-two million does feel like a decent price point for a starting any kind of starter really in today's league like you look at Fred Van Vliet like it's possible that Jalen Brunson outperforms Fred Van Vliet over the life of this contract right kind of maybe at I least on the so. same level yeah like, yeah you know. I, I guess I'd put them I still think Fred's probably a more valuable player but I, I, think I so guess too, Brunson but... won't be too far off yeah and so you know if Fred's making 20 Brunson's making 25 we're probably going to see a cap spike at some point over the life of this contract. Then I'm like, I'm okay with it. But then to give a $27.5 million deal while also trading away rotation pieces just to make the deal, that's when I start to uh, say no, no, no. Yeah, and it's just I hesitate on guys like this once Jalen Brunson does not have Luka Doncic there for defenses to worry about. How is that going to impact him? The Knicks would be the type to be the team to sign Draymond Green away from the Warriors and then sure. expect him to be like a championship level player and just like not realize that so much of what Draymond Green makes great is there's an entire system that he fits into perfectly on the Warriors. They would just be the team to just say, come over here and do the same thing. And he would say, well, you don't have, you haven't enabled me to do the same thing. The and then they would be confused, and then they would be stuck paying $30 million a year to Draymond Green. That's that's yeah. the Knicks in a nutshell, I think. It, it is. And I, I I like Brunson. I think that he will, you know, he played well when Doncic was out this year. I think he will do okay in a larger role. But I see what you're saying. It's it's If you're paying that much, you generally want to feel certain about what you're getting from a player, right? Yeah. But, Griffin, we must get to our, our feature presentation here, our It's Free Real Estate Agency segment. Uh, we've decided to do what other sports podcasts refuse to or are too afraid to do. 
we are not only going to tell you with 100% certainty <laughs> where each of these uh, marquee free agents that we have devised here, uh, we're not only going to tell you where they're going, but we're also going to tell you where they're going to live. Uh, so we have plotted out these different locations on a certain uh, real estate website, no free rides. Uh, you have to pay us if you want our, uh, what you call it? The the bump, the high floor of the ceiling bump. Yeah, the HFLC bump, exactly. Um, so we went to a certain real estate website. We've priced out some fine uh, locations for these players, and I think that I think they'll be very happy in their new homes. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's definitely some great options here. I think that I tried to match my players' homes to their personalities. Uh, So I think that we're really going to make these guys happy. And if any of them do want to give us commission after they, A, sign these contracts, and B, find these beautiful homes, uh, then that's just a little extra something. something. You really lost the end of that sentence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that Griffin, happens. why don't I, <laughs> I jump in first here um, with a fella by the name of James Harden. And to my previous point, I can't conceive of any world where James Harden doesn't return to the 76ers. Am I, am I crazy? Am I out of my mind? Or... Do you, is there, is there any, like, even a possibility? Because, you know, people like, uh, I don't know, just to Bradley Beal, you can say like, oh, like, he, well, I mean, Bradley Beal is even more questionable, but Zach Levine, it's like, Zach Levine's probably going to go back to the Bulls, but it's not impossible for him to go somewhere else, right? Whereas Harden, I think it's like, I can't even imagine who or for what or how or why someone would try to acquire James Harden other than the 76ers. Yeah, like his stocks are, I think, are as low as they've ever been ever since he was traded for Kevin Martin. Um, <laughs> so I think that, yeah, the Sixers have committed to this for better or for worse. They, yeah. Daryl Morey said, this is my guy. This is who I want. This is what we're going to do. And it didn't work in round one. And now they've got round two to try and see how well it's going to work. So, yeah, I think that James Harden is going to be staying in Philadelphia. But now that he knows that, he mm-hmm. might be in the market for a new place. Chris, maybe he was just renting before. He was uh, not quite sure if he was going to commit to Philadelphia. So where is he going to live? Well, the thing is, Griffin, even though he is now committed to Philadelphia, my logic is... James Harden, you know, he's a luxury guy. He's a, a high-class guy. He doesn't really want to live in Philadelphia. And so if he <laughs> is buying in Philadelphia, he is going to go for, uh, you know, you, he's going to take a utilitarian mindset to uh, his real estate shopping. So I've picked out a lovely home for him. Uh, it's on South Hancock Street in Philadelphia. It is going to run him a mere $325,000. That's what, oh my like God. 2% of his salary this year? You found the deal of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Griffin, as they say, 
in uh, in the real estate world, what's the most important thing? Location, location, location. We always hear it. And I have picked out a lovely spot for him. Uh, I actually didn't check how close it is to the Wells Fargo Center. Let me uh, get that data for you quickly. But more importantly, Griffin, I did some other research, which is you know what James Harden likes to do. You know what kind of establishments <laughs> he likes to frequent. We and all so, know. <laughs> we all know. And so I did my research on the uh, the finest such establishments in the Philadelphia area. Um, and I found a perfect one called Cheerleaders, <laughs> <laughs> which I, my understanding That's... is is one of the most upscale uh, establishments in the area. And Griffin, his new home is a mere seven-minute walk from Cheerleaders. Wow. Um, and it's also an eight-minute drive from the Wells Fargo Center. That's perfect so, location, Chris. So he is so close to the two things he loves. I'm looking at the map here. Does he love basketball? <laughs> Are we sure about that? Uh, you know. Big, bigger conversation. I mean, it's close to his work at the very least. <laughs> his day Even job. if you don't love your job, you do want to be close to it. Um, and I also see, I also see a cheesesteak place near here, so he can Ooh. really tick all the boxes here. Uh, so James Harden, he will be living in in Whitman, the Whitman neighborhood of Philadelphia, uh, close to cheerleaders, close to Wells Fargo, and I think he is going to be very comfortable in this. Uh, oh shoot, I lost the thing. This, uh, I believe it's a one-bedroom townhouse, but, you know. One-bedroom. Like, well, you know, I don't think he's a family man, as far as I I'm don't, aware. And I don't think this is his only property. Very true. Um, oh, sorry. Three-bedroom. Three-bedroom. Okay. If, in case he has yeah. friends over. I yeah. like that he's close to the cheesesteaks, too, in case he ever wants to make himself tradable again. He can just down about mm. 15 cheesesteaks and then exactly. show up to practice one day. Well, Chris, my first player was Rudy Gobert, currently of the Utah Jazz. And uh, we all know that Rudy's on one of the biggest contracts in the NBA. He's a very highly played player, very highly paid player. But, I mean, there's only so many years that people can spend in Salt Lake City, Utah. So I think Rudy's getting out. And I have found a beautiful place for him. Um, because he is such a highly paid player, it's a bit pricier than your $300,000 dream. <laughs> Well, uh, James Harden famously underpaid, so... True. Uh, this house is $9.3 million, uh, sure. and it is located in the beautiful Gold Coast neighborhood of Chicago, Illinois, Chris. Ooh, I, I like think this pick. Rudy Gobert is uh, going to the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, I don't think we... I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast last week with David or not, or if that was just something that he and I talked about off mic. But yes, this has been something that has been floated. And I think that I really like the fit personally. I think that it instantly turns them into a really good defense. That was their main problem last year. And it's not like Nikola Vucevic was giving them a lot last year on his own, even offensively. So I think you take Gobert. He's basically like a, at least average, probably top 10 defense on his own. You take a healthy Lonzo Ball, you take a healthy Alex Caruso, and then suddenly this team is like flirting with top 10, both offensively and defensively, and I think that they 
become much more of a, a legitimate contender in the Eastern Conference in my mind. I absolutely agree. That's what I was thinking as well. Those are three elite defensive players, and I think that Lonzo is the right kind of point guard to enable Rudy's mm-hmm. uh, limited offensive skill set. Lob City, Chicago, Illinois. And also, I just really like this place that I've found for him. It's got a very European look, obviously, Rudy, a Frenchman. Uh, the house was built in 1898, old, mm-hmm. so Europeans will like old stuff. Uh, we're sure. talking six beds, seven bath, five full bath, two half bath. Um, and the neighborhood, this was another thing that I really liked for Rudy, is rated a 93 out of 100 in terms of walking score. It is a walker's paradise. I think we all know Rudy's got a bit of a temper. Uh, there's rumors of him clashing with Donovan Mitchell. Sometimes you just got to take a walk. And for Rudy, sure. this is a beautiful walking location. It's just a 20-minute or so drive, or a 20-minute walk to the United Center wow. where the uh, Bulls play their games. So... Rudy, it's a little pricey, I know, um, but I really think you'll be happy here. And it's tall. It's a tall building. You're a tall man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at these pictures now. I love this, Griffin. I mean, uh, maybe not Rudy's style in terms of the current furnishings, but I see what you're saying. I think with the, it's very European, though. It is very – yes, exactly. It's very European. And, you know, the, the more fixed fixtures, like, you know, I'm looking at this kitchen island, which is – uh, I've heard it's chestnut in this. Uh, <laughs> You've heard this description, yeah. Oh, and Griffin, did you see this? It has a family room with an antique French mantle. Well, there you go. I'm surprised he hasn't moved in already. <laughs> Are you seeing this bathroom, Chris? This is perfect for an audio medium, by the way. The two of us scrolling through pictures and not showing them to any of our listeners, folks. The house is beautiful. I think that's what you have to know. It Very. It looks like a I palace. Just, it's Versailles on the inside. It is Versailles-esque. Oh, is this the? Uh, um, where? What? What? What did you want to say about the bathroom? Oh, I just thought it was really nice. You like this bowl? Do you like? Do you like the bowl sink? I do. I what like do a cool. This? What my favorite kind of sink is like. I want the water, to. I want to be able to see the water as it comes down. Mm. We're like, like, so like an like, open faucet, and then if, yeah, if like we could get like some sort faucet. of leaping water, like if my hey, sink could was, be a water feature, oh. um, that was that was actually every boy's dream in the 1970s was a topless faucet. Fairfax, oh, oh. sorry to work a little blue here. Uh, I'm also <laughs> seeing a wine cellar, which seems like a Rudy Gobert thing. Oh, that's super Rudy. He can have LeBron over. <laughs> sure, um, Griffin, shifting gears here. And talking about a gentleman by the name of DeAndre Aiden, a fellow center who is about to get probably a big contract. We think um, so. He's a restricted free agent. He's a restricted free agent. He can, you know, his max is something in the 30 to $35 million range is my understanding. But yeah, he is about to get some money. The question is from whom? Uh, and, you know, this is another situation where I was sort of hunting around trying to find the right fit, trying to find the team, and by extension, the property, of course, that's my primary concern, that would fit best with him. And a lot of teams where it seems like it would fit does, like, they you run into salary problems. Like, I was trying to figure out something with the Atlanta Hawks. I was trying to figure out, you know, some other teams. Uh, the Pistons as well, I, I looked at briefly, but I ran into that problem with the centers, as we uh, previously discussed. Yes. But I think I landed on the right team for him, certainly in terms of fit. 
Uh, and certainly he... I think he'll be happy here, Griffin. And so I have found a $6 million... I mean, I don't even want to call it a home because it's practically a compound. <laughs> uh, it's got... So there's the, it has a main house, which is six bedroom, five bath, and then a guest home, which is a two bedroom, three bath with a five car heated and cooled garage. Um, I'm seeing a pool here, uh, a, a, a substantial backyard area at the very least, uh, a beautiful pool. It's going to run you $6 million in the beautiful city of Charlotte, North Carolina. Griffin. Oh, interesting. DeAndre Ayton is going to be putting on the teal and joining the Hornets. What do you think about the fit there? I like the fit a lot, Chris. That's a great place for Ayton to thrive alongside LaMelo Ball. I think that he'll sort of have the room to grow. I think he'll miss Chris Paul a little bit, as anyone would when leaving Chris Paul, but I think LaMelo's a pretty good replacement. Yeah, you're getting Chris Paul 2.0. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, oh, some nice cars in the garage of this house. I assume those do not come with the house. <laughs> but, so. yeah, and, I know, think this is because... a great move for the future of DeAndre. And I think he needs room to flourish, and I think Charlotte can give him that. I think so as well. And, you know, he's going to be getting this his first, I guess since he was the number one overall pick, he already has made some substantial money. But his first really big, big contract in that, you know, 30 plus million dollar range like we talked about and so i think that this is a a good time for him to really invest in some real estate i mean charlotte it's it's a growing city i think that it's it's going to be a hot commodity probably a few years down the line and so i think that this is a place that's only going to appreciate in value much like deandre himself uh that's smart i like that you're thinking that way on the horned cats for our clients, I like that you're keeping their uh, financial oh. investments in mind. Absolutely. Just wait till my next one, Griffin. You're going to love it. Oh, baby. Well, my <laughs> next one, Chris, is a little pricey. This is for, of course, Washington Wizards <laughs> superstar Bradley Beal. Sorry, I just, I just... Did you just look at the I, price? No, I just, like, clocked into what we're doing. <laughs> what do you mean? crazy this is a great segment i was very happy when i came up with this segment how boring would it be if we were just saying i think ayton's gonna be a hornet i think gobert's gonna be a bull this is so great oh sure 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 sure. absolutely this one's a little pricey chris this one comes in (laughs) at 20 million nine hundred ninety five thousand dollars um Seven bedrooms, 10 baths, 17,500 square feet for Bradley Beal. Uh, yeah, it's a little pricey, but given the location on Aubrey Road in Beverly Hills, California, Chris, oh, if you're going to move to the City of Angels, you got to do it right. Bradley Beal, a Los Angeles Laker. What do you think? Mm. Uh I'm maybe slightly questioning how that's going to happen, but, you know, of course, uh, Rob Palinka, he's assembled a championship team once before. Uh, no reason to think he won't be able to do it again. Uh, I mean, I love the property. Uh, Thank you. It's, yeah. Well, it's apparently the Mulholland Estates is the name of the community. Well, yeah, and you might notice if you're looking at the map there, you get to live in Fossil Ridge Park, which is a, like, noted 
dinosaur hotspot, Bradley Beal had a 4.0 GPA in high school, and he studied hmm. biology pre-med. So he's clearly a smart guy. He's clearly got interest in stuff like dinosaurs, as smart people do. Uh, so I think it's cool for him to get to live in Fossil Ridge Park. Uh, it's a 40-minute drive to the Staples Center, which I think is as good as you're going to get in L.A. Sure. Uh, the seven wow. bedrooms I mean... is a lot, but uh, Jason Tatum, who he famously babysat when Tatum was a young boy, he might come over. Nelly, the rapper, famous friend, <laughs> they might come over, uh, family uh-huh. friend. So, yeah, I really, I really think this is the place to be for Bradley. And if I mean, you're going to be hanging beautiful. with LeBron, you gotta you gotta like match him. You know, he, yeah, he can't yeah, come yeah, over yeah, for yeah. wine and like look down at, on your house. Absolutely, and I I mean this view. Are you seeing from the uh, from the infinity pool, Griffin? Oh, the view of the valley. Yeah, I mean, gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I mean, that's the that's the you know the BoJack Horseman view. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> what might call this it. looks like what they modeled the BoJack Horseman house off of. Yeah, I think that is actually like one specific house, but certainly it's that type of house. And I mean, oh, I mean, I'm just looking. I'm honestly in awe. There's a tennis court. I don't know if Bradley likes to uh, serve a ball, but he certainly could in this establishment. But I mean, the, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm mostly just enamored with this pool. Yeah, it's a great looking pool. I mean, let's be honest, it's pricey, Chris. I I, I know certainly. that he's a highly paid player, but this is LA. Like you're not gonna yeah. find a cheap place worthy of an NBA player. Speaking of which, unrelated, in my searches for a place for Bradley Beal to live, I found a house listed at two hundred and fifty million dollars. Wow. It was just built last year, nineteen bedrooms, thirty three bathrooms, seventy eight thousand square feet. I was wondering if you wanted bathrooms? to 33 bathrooms. I was wondering if you wanted to go halvesies on that with me. Well, it's what, 250 million, you said? Yeah. So if I chip in. We could find a third roommate. If I chip in 10, and then you can do (laughs) 249,999,990, then yeah, I think we can make it work. Okay. And then you'll pay rent. You can get one bedroom. You can. I'll take one venture. We can have the rest. <laughs> well, maybe um, maybe what we should I'm, do is we should want, like, secure bathrooms. a sponsor. You can get three bathrooms. <laughs> sure. Yeah. We. You want like the the HFLC estates presented by? Uh, I was about to say the name of the real estate website. That well, that's we... who I was thinking as well. But yeah, we could have a content house, a two hundred fifty <laughs> million dollar brand new mansion to just churn out all of the sports related content you could imagine. Think about like the amount of the quality of guests not that i i love the guests that we have had on but if we like message a high profile guest and say hey come over to our 250 million dollar content house (laughs) yeah we just they're coming a picture of the house first thing (laughs) they're like how many listeners do you have we're like look at the house and they're like all right we're coming (laughs) sure yeah how many listeners do we have 250 million dollars worth buddy boy (laughs) um griffin i have one more (laughs) <laughs> this segment, I I feel as though we've been doing this segment for years. Uh, Griffin, this is... <laughs> you are really loving this segment. I'm just, lo- I'm losing it. Griffin, this is a, this is also quite high in price range, especially for the player uh, that we have in mind here. We're talking about Colin Sexton here, uh, currently of the Cleveland Cavaliers, but of course with Darius Garland's emergence and the way that they played last year i think that they probably will look for a new home for him he's certainly one of the more likely players to change teams in the offseason i think um but griffin 
he's going to have to spend a good chunk of change here, but it's going to be worth it. This is going to take $12 million for him to uh, acquire this piece of property. But he's going to require 3.84 acres that is zoned IDZ3. And we're told on this listing... It's an unbelievable opportunity for any industrial warehouse, flex space, <laughs> retail, high-rise, or hospitality. Uh, it is located on Hofkin Avenue in San Antonio, Texas. And Griffin, the reason that Mile, that uh, Colin Sexton rather, is going to live here is because he nothing is certain in this league. Colin Very Sexton true. has just had a, a significant injury. Uh, it's certainly could affect how much he gets paid in this offseason and of course you know if you have one injury there's always the fear and the possibility that you could get injured again heaven forbid but you want to diversify your income streams griffin and that's why colin sexton he's going to be a spur either he's going to replace dejounte murray in the backcourt or he's going to be a great uh, partner to dejounte murray in the backcourt depending on what the spurs do this offseason and he is going to get this industrial space in San Antonio for twelve million, and he is going to start making some money uh, as a as a businessman. So this is an investment for him. Yes, this is. You know, he can live is there. Is there anything built on it, or is it just an empty lot? There do appear to be buildings. I'm seeing a a twenty seven thousand square foot industrial commercial building and a twenty five hundred square foot office. So that can he can live in the office. Uh, there's inexplicably just a picture of a room with a ping pong table in it, okay, which I assume is in the it. office. Um, that's that's that like, could be that's like a tech room. company. Sure, yeah. I, this I will say, it's not the most handsomely appointed uh, area uh, or <laughs> office, but I think that, like like I said, this is an investment opportunity. This is a chance for Colin to uh, start thinking about you know have, again, have for a bit. I want him to have. A long successful career but you know eventually all careers must end and so i think that this is a great opportunity for him in his new home of san antonio well i like it chris i think sexton definitely feels like a spursy type of player um i think they would be crazy to get rid of Dejounte murray but that's that's another topic i can't believe that there are even rumors you. about that he's so good and he's only 25 like it's not like they need to move him because he doesn't fit their window. But anyway, I digress. Colin Sexton, I think, works well with or without Murray. All right. So that'll wrap up my new my new favorite segment that we've ever done. Yeah, that is We've gone quite long. I did get I was worried about this, but it's free real estate agency. another successful another successful segment, Griffin. I'm sure. Might have to bring this back for the NHL. Oh, it's so stupid, but it's it's also it's maybe a little less interesting to be like, I found a lovely home in Ottawa for Brady Kachuk. <laughs> I don't I don't remember which Kachuk is which, but Brady's in idea. Ottawa already. He's the captain of the Senators. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. Or wait, how how long did we go? Should we just end the episode? On the recording right now, uh, we are at 50 minutes. That might be able to be edited down a bit. Uh, do you want to just chat for a couple more minutes? Yeah, it doesn't seem like we have time for another full segment. 
No, and I, I, I like this segment, and so I think we can definitely uh, push it to next week. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to rush this other segment that we have here. Um, uh, we can look at some other free agents. Uh, you know, we sort of talked about, you know, Levine likely to return to the Bulls, we think. John Wall, we know he is going to go to the Clippers. Um, here's an interesting one, Ricky Rubio. Is an Rubio. unrestricted free agent. Do you think that he will sign a contract this year? Or I was going to say, did he play last year? He had a season-ending injury. And let me just oh, double check what that was. I that. He, I believe, if I remember correctly, he was on the Cavaliers and then was traded to the Pacers after he'd already suffered his yes, an ACL tear. I was. Uh, that's what I thought. I think it's totally possible. You know, he is almost pushing 32 years old. I, think I would have said, possible. when you said pushing, I thought you were going to say 40. I had no idea Ricky <laughs> Rubio was only 32 years old. Well, he's been in the league forever, but the whole thing was he was like a sort of like wunderkind. He, I think, was like one of the youngest players to ever play in the Euro League. Mm. Like he started playing in the Spanish ACB at 14 years old, uh, similar to Luka Doncic. But yeah, he has been in the league for quite a while. Um I think it's totally possible that he just goes back to Spain and signs like, you know, like the, the Miritich or the Gasol, like four year deal with Barcelona or whatever, because, you know, he's going to be rehabbing this injury next season. And then who knows what the interest is going to look like from an NBA team. So I think, uh, I think it's possible, although I hate to say it, that we might've seen the last of Ricky Rubio in the NBA. Yeah. If he was healthy, I actually think he'd be a great fit on the Raptors. Um, just as like a back, like sort of the role that they wanted Goran Dragic to play, but right. he did not. Yeah, a I think competent Rubio, backup point guard. I think then we could have Abla Rubio. <laughs> sure, I think Rubio is always a little bit maybe better in your mind than he is on the court. Are you talking about uh, me specifically? Not you. I'm, I'm not a you known huge Ricky Rubio booster. Mm-hmm. One concern I have, um, Chris, just before you give me your next free agent, is that. Sure. There's no break in this episode. I, I wonder if our listeners are going to be exhausted, or maybe I'll just put a break in somewhere yeah, abruptly. Artificial break. They'll be listening. We'll, we'll be, be in the middle of a sentence, and then you'll just hear the bong, 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 and then it'll come back. Well, we took uh, that not to get, you know, we're, we're sort of in the post-episode area, peek behind the curtain. We did have that little pause uh, during Oh, yeah. During you're you're going to divulge so, that to our listeners? I think... I respect our listeners, Griffin. I think they're smart people who understand that the product that they hear each week is not necessarily uh, the complete story of how we record these episodes. That's true. We are not yeah. as quick or as clever as we appear, I hate to say. <laughs> Every 10 seconds we pause the recording and think, what could I say there? <laughs> yeah. We spent half an hour jotting down ideas, tossing them out. We have a team of writers. Um, <laughs> I wish. That'd be fun. We should hire. We should get an intern. Sure. You know what I would love to do one day? We should. I would love to have a mailbox segment once we get a, a bit more. Once a we bit get a bigger. <laughs> once we get someone. Once we get an email. I think that's the you main thing standing in our way. We don't have a show email. Is, What's the best that? racket is Wilson the podcast. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Look at how many pros use Wilson. Absolutely. I'd say it's number one by far. Well, what about head? Head? <laughs> no. When I, in my high school tennis days, I could show you my so medals no right now, Chris. Damn. Um, <laughs> I never respected the players who used a head racket. 
I, wow. I think I used a head racket, and I didn't respect myself. Wow. Chris, did you know that I'm looking right now at two different gold medals for the Toronto District Secondary School Athletic Association, both for tennis, despite the fact that in four years on the high school tennis team, I never once officially entered a game. Mm, Um, You were a... uh, I was a practice squad player. I was good enough to make the team every year. We did have a stacked roster, and I'm sitting here staring at two gold medals that people can never take away from me. Absolutely. And... You know, you have to respect that. Um, how far are we now? <laughs> uh, we're at 55. Do you got, we got five more minutes of Riff? Sure, we can, we can go to Riff Town. Um, PJ Tucker, seems like he's going to head to the 76ers. Do you like this? I mean, PJ Tucker is a guy who fits anywhere, but it seems like they're going to pay him like in excess of $10 million, and that just seems like a lot. For yeah, him. that's a lot for a glue guy, especially he's got to be getting up there in age. Yes, um, he is 37 years old. And I guess him like and Harden deal... are cool from their time in Houston together. Yeah, and they're, they're, it sounds like they're going to offer him three years, $30 million, which seems like a three long years. deal to give to a 37-year-old. Um, but yeah, I mean, like maybe it's a case where like they, they kind of thought that Danny Green would be that guy, but he never really ended up being that guy, um, where they just really do need that glue guy and that locker room guy to make the difference for them because they have all the talent in the world. That's very true. Um, sorry, Chris, I just got distracted here by some breaking news. Wow. This will be a good test for you. You said you were liking that you were more into the NHL this year. Uh, the rights, the Los Angeles Kings have acquired the rights to Minnesota Wilds star forward and restricted free agent Kevin Fiala in exchange for a first rounder and a prospect. What are your thoughts, your initial thoughts on the wow. rights for Kevin Fiala going to the Kings? Well, I think that this this was something that we had sort of heard a lot about already, right? Like, wasn't he, is he the guy that was like almost traded before? Yeah, I, th- I think it was known that they were going to have to move him. Yeah, and I mean, like, you know, they, they kind of have, uh, we certainly saw in the playoffs, they kind of have their dynamic duo for the future in terms of Kaprizov and uh, Joel Erickson X. So, you know, I think it is a case where it seems like this happens almost more in the NHL than the NBA, where you end up having to move, like, the 25-year-old guy because you don't really want to give him, like, his second contract. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean good for the kings i think that seems what do we know what first round pick it is it is a 2022 first round pick so that's the draft coming up in just a few days here so that's gonna be what like somewhere in the middle of the first round basically yeah they made the playoffs so um i i I have to imagine they were one of the bottom uh, playoff teams. But. Yes, but I, I like this for the Kings. I think they're a team on the rise. They made yeah. the playoffs this year. They're adding Fiala. They've got Quinton Byfield, who I really like. Um, I think the Kings are going to be a team to keep an eye on moving forward. Speaking yeah, I think, of... Oh, no, no, please. No, just I think that for them, like just adding talent is just a, a good move for them. Like They don't really have enough of a an established core that it feels like they sort of have to pick and choose. They can just say, if a guy is good, then let's get the guy. Yeah. Uh, speaking of moving forward, though, Chris, I think it's that time. Again, mm-hmm. time for our beloved listener to move forward to the next podcast in their queue. 
Absolutely. I loved this episode. I think us taking a break from each other really paid off because the energy <laughs> was there this week. Wow. Yeah. Um, really you devolved to, uh... into your trademark giggles multiple times. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lovely episode. We have a great segment already in the bank for next week, so that'll be exciting. Um, we were yes, talking thank about... Thank you. No, no. What's up? Well, I was just going to say, we were talking about maybe taking a couple weeks off once we got to August and sports sort of slowed down, but I've got so many segments that I want to do lined up. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to afford it. <laughs> you don't have it in us. Um, but for this week, I want to thank you all for listening. Remember to rate us, review us, subscribe wherever you uh, listen to us on your uh, podcast application of choice. Yeah, subscribing and leaving a review really helps us out, guys. Uh, let us know what you like, what you want more of, if you want more. Uh, we really appreciate it if you take the time to rate us, leave us a review, check us out on the socials, tell a friend. It all means the world, especially to Chris, who's famously <laughs> very emotional, uh, not hard to break through chris's walls at all so um Mm -hmm. this is really this really means a lot (laughs) okay uh hflc podcast on twitter and instagram and tiktok as always uh listen to got the runs great series on darwin cook has uh is just getting started uh are you familiar with uh the new frontier griffin Well, I do find it very funny that Charles Darwin sailed to the Galapagos and James Cook was a famous sailor slash pirate. And that person wrote a a comic book or a graphic novel called The New Frontier, which is like you're an explorer, you're exploring. So that's my contribution. I love that for you. Um, And just an additional note here, looking like around uh, 8 million AAV for Kevin Fiala. So getting paid. Wow. Yeah. and listen to Bevy of Bevies, as previously alluded to. <laughs> Some people consider it better than this show. I think that all of my podcasts are of equal or greater value than each other. <laughs> <laughs> you love all your children equally or unequally. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, um, but listen to that as well. A new great episode on started. Red Bull last Thank week, you. I got to say. I, I messaged yeah. you. You had a couple of particularly funny bits, but I'm not going to say them here because if you want to hear them, you got to go listen. Well worth your time. 20 minutes, you'll laugh. I guarantee it. HFLC guarantee. Great sell. Uh, and make sure to put uh, my HFLC point on the board for getting the Avalanche in six. But until next time, thank you all for listening. And remember to keep your floors high and your ceilings low. <laughs>